What happened to Omar Gooding? Bro, I don't know. Because he was on everything. He was. I'm going to go look up what Omar Gooding's doing. Was he on Smart Guy or Hanging with Mr. Cooper? He's on Smart Guy. He, he was on both. He was on both. He was in Ghost Dad. podcast thank you so much for listening in again this week it would mean a lot to us if you left us a rating or review uh, on apple Podcasts. it helps a ton of visibility share this with your friends your co-workers somebody that you know is in to nerd news my name is gerald goodridge i'm your host this week like i am every week and i am joined by my good friend a man who has also offered to write the batgirl movie raymond summerlin right how are you doing bud yeah me and roxanne gay front runners to uh to, to write the Batgirl now that Joss Whedon has has stepped away. He's stepped in the background. It's actually kind of nice. He said, I don't have a story for this, so I'm not going to try to force it. Which, for DC, that's a, that's a step in the correct direction, right? Yeah, that is uh, surprising news. Good news, yeah. Uh, so if you missed it, we tweeted it out. Uh, not Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's been gone. Uh, Joss Whedon announced that he was leaving the Batgirl film because he did not have a story and did not feel like he could come up with a story. And that had not that had not stopped any DC movie previous to this, but it apparently is going to stop him. Yeah, we. I mean, we've had... All but one DC movie that didn't really have a story, uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad. Uh, and we still got him, so I'm glad. Maybe they're learning. Maybe they're making good decisions about these things. Or maybe Joss Whedon found a convenient excuse to get out because him making this movie may have been problematic for, yeah. for some other reasons that we won't talk about. But we've got a little bit of news for you this week. Uh, we've got some early reviews of Aquaman coming in. I Speaking of good DC, how about that? Speaking huh? of good DC, yeah. Uh, and we've got a couple of trailers from TV that we'll talk about. And then obviously we'll close it out with some Don't Sleep. So good DC. Things that we don't get to say often, and we really got to say uh, tepidly a little bit about Wonder Woman because there are you know, still problems with that like because it's a DC movie. But we got some early reactions to test screening of Aquaman, and the the offerings are overwhelmingly positive. So, Ray, does this sway your opinion of Aquaman at all, or are you uh, still in the camp of it's going to suck? You know, I know we make fun of DCEU a lot, right? A lot, a lot. We make fun of it uh, because it's been bad. Like, it's not it's not anything against the characters, obviously. It's just that it's been bad. But I will say that, like, the leaks have been pretty honest overall. Yeah. Like, whenever we've whenever we've heard that a movie is going to be bad, it it was bad, right? And we've yeah. seen a lot of that. But when we heard that a movie is going to be good, like we did with Wonder Woman... It turned out to be good. Wonder Woman turned out to be good. Easily their best movie. I think I liked it more than you liked it. And I, I think it was a very a very good movie. Now, to be fair, the only good one has been Wonder Woman. So we're extrapolating from limited information here from a <laughs> yeah. small sa- sample size. One of one. One of one. But, you know, we still got stories like this during production of Wonder Woman. We saw the trailers. And I think that was our reaction when we were watching the trailers. We were still very... We're still very like, all right, we'll see, champs. We'll see if it's any good. But then we see the trailers. Trailers looked amazing. Movie turned out amazing. Like we'll have to see what the trailers for Aquaman you know, look like. But I, I think that I think that I'm on this, and you know, I'm still not sold on this idea of a standalone 
you know, Aquaman movie outside of the Entourage universe. But <laughs> but Jason Momoa is awesome, and so maybe maybe that's enough, and maybe maybe that's going to carry this movie. Yeah, and the thing that's kept me one foot in is James Wan. Like James Wan is the guy behind the original Saw, which take the rest of the franchise away. The original Saw is a please, really good movie. Please take the rest of the franchise away. <laughs> the original Saw is a really good movie. Uh, a Furious 7, which is probably one of the better offerings of a pretty decent popcorn uh, franchise. The Conjuring, Insidious. like These movies that are, seem to be kind of anomalous in their genres and seem to offer really good things where they shouldn't, that's where James Wan makes his money. And so... With this early buzz and with my vote of confidence for James Wan, I feel like Aquaman has a chance at least to be good. Plus, I mean, it's Jason Momoa. Like, I'll I'll go watch that dude. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that he was one of the more enjoyable. It got a little, got to be a little too much. My man. <laughs> yeah, uh, we could I could have lived without that for sure. But he was one of the more enjoyable parts of of Justice League. Certainly, kind of. The comic relief there with the Flash, which I'm out on that completely, but that's a story for another day. But so, yeah, I think that there's, I think there's something there. I am not dreading seeing this movie at this point. We'll have to see what the trailers look like because I think that that's another thing you've been able to, with DC to say is, oh goodness, this trailer, <laughs> it's not, it's not going well. But I, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm tepidly excited. About about finally getting to see this now. Are they going to have to do the water bubble the entire time whenever they talk? Is that going to have? <laughs> is that going to be a thing that they have to do? Because if so, I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, they seamlessly CG'd a mustache off of Henry Cavill's face. No, they did not. He looked like a weird rubber mask. But but you've got for me James Wan and Jeff Johns, who is the only guy who I feel like has made Aquaman truly, or really he's the first guy to make Aquaman feel like he was awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm still in on it. Uh, but again, it's DC, so it's it's a cautious optimism. It's a big toe in the pool and see how it turns out. Now, something that we are pretty confident is going to be good, we got another trailer for Jessica Jones this week, and there wasn't really a ton of footage in it. And so we're actually going to use this as an opportunity to talk about Jessica Jones overall because... Last week, two weeks ago, we got a uh, a full kind of season two trailer, and there was this little th- other thing that we were talking about from Marvel last week called Black Panther. Yeah. Didn't get a ton of time. We wanted to devote our full 30 minutes to that because we probably shortchanged it talking 30 minutes. So <laughs> um, so we got a couple of Jessica Jones trailers. So Ray, um, Jessica Jones was probably the strongest offering from phase one of the the Defenders, you know, it's maybe Daredevil season yeah, one. Arguably, uh, it's, Daredevil season one's pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, it's right up there. So what do we think is the second season of Jessica Jones shaping up to look like or live up to the, the first season? Well, first of all, the trailer that they just sent out, I thought I accidentally clicked on a trailer for season one. Like it was what, like 95% season? It was weird. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't know what what they were were trying to do there but i you know that other trailer um obviously has an interesting thing at the end which we which we can talk about but i i like this idea of going back into her past like right because everything has been moving forward moving forward to the defenders this is going to be the first offering after the defenders if, if i'm correct right i'm not punisher, punisher doesn't count right but but is Punisher really part of that? I haven't. I, of the main defenders, I still haven't had a chance to watch the Punisher season, so I, I definitely need to get on that pretty soon. But so, 
it's going back, and so it's going back and looking at you know where she came from, going back into this organization. It's you know it seems like there are going to be other ones of her running around, which you know you always have to make these comic book leaps when you say, okay, well, where have these people been during all of the other events happening in New York during <laughs> during these series? But you know that's what you're going to have to do. Um, it's pretty rote as superhero things go, like this this basic idea of the story it looks like they're going for, but that's fine because Jessica Jones is awesome, and we get to, in all of these trailers, hear Jessica Jones say awesome things and just mean things and <laughs> angry things to all of these people. And so as long as it's that character, I think I'm going to be fine with it, but I don't think, it doesn't seem like they're going to be really breaking any new ground with any ideas, right? You know, is Kristen Ritter still playing Jessica Jones? So yeah, so we're in. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty much in. Like the what they've done with that character and the way Kristen Ritter really embodies the sense of like just I don't know how else to say it, but just doesn't care. Like there there there's never been a role I think that was more suited for Kristen Ritter. Uh but she was in uh we'll we'll go ahead and say this is a big spoiler for Jessica Jones season two. So if you haven't watched the trailers, you don't want to hear it. Go and fast forward approximately two or three minutes and we'll catch up with you. Uh, so spoiler alert over the fact that they're going to do something more with Kilgrave yeah. is, is a good thing to me because really David Tennant may be in the running. If you include the TV shows for one of the best Marvel villains, I mean, he's up there in my mind with Loki and Killmonger and kind of this phase three of Marvel cinematic Marvel movie villains. He's up there. No, he was great. And to see at the end of that trailer a couple weeks ago, him just clapping, uh, just sardonically like it, like it's fantastic. I didn't know clapping could be sarcastic, it, but it was. It was. It was very sarcastic. Well, yes, you did because you've seen you've seen uh, Heath Ledger's Joker, so you knew that clapping could be could be sarcastic. Very true. But but yeah, I think that that I that the fact that he's coming back because you need that you need that great villain, right? And this whole like this whole like nebulous villain that they've had in this in this. Netflix Marvel thing of the hand in this organization and it really seems like that's the way that this is going to go where she's investigating this organization and there are all these people showing up and doing things that's not as fun as when you have Kingpin you know what I'm saying like it's not as fun as when you have as when you have David Tennant so I think that I think that that part of it is, is what I'm excited I will say the one thing about this I'm kind of done with the brooding we've seen it now like there has not been a Netflix Marvel series that was not full of brooding, right? Like Daredevil yeah. season two was just unbearable at times. Iron Fist unbearable. Like, can't, let's just let's look inside ourselves. Let's go to therapy. Let's let's find some happiness, man. Like, way too much brooding in the Marvel Netflix universe. Yeah, that that was supposed to be Iron Fist was kind of supposed to be the reprieve. Like that's always his character is he's like this kind of just doofy, uh, optimistic kind of character. Uh, so hopefully they do some of that in the you know eventual Iron Fist season two. But the thing that you know gives me hope about the direction is the fact that it doesn't look like they're building to something because I think that was the issue 
with Daredevil Season 2. And that was the issue with Iron Fist, is that I spent too much time building to the Defenders that didn't make me care about anything that was happening in that season because I knew, oh, this is building toward the Defenders, so why do I care? That's why I powered through you know, Iron Fist Season 1 while I played with my kid. Like, I didn't really pay attention. Yeah. Like, I love my child, and so I was paying more attention to him than I was to the TV instead of waiting until he goes to sleep and watching a couple episodes and really being dialed in uh, because they were building to it. So I think the fact that they're doing this more self-contained that it's going to be Jessica Jones makes me really hopeful for this next phase of the uh, of the Marvel TV universe. But that wasn't the only trailer we got this week. We got kind of out of the blue, uh, maybe capitalizing on the hype from Black Panther and people's hype about Michael B. Jordan. We got a short trailer for the HBO adaptation of Fahrenheit 451, which one of my favorite books, a really great book, really, really good. One of the few books I was forced to read in high school that I legitimately enjoyed, 1984, Count of Monte Cristo, Fahrenheit 451, I'm pretty sure is the extent of that list. Um, So, Ray. Hold on, what about Atlas Shrugged? I wasn't forced to read Atlas Shrugged. (laughs) I read it of my own volition. And hated every minute of it. Fair enough. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> it's the last time I trust your judgment. I I still like an Anne Rand page on Facebook, so there you go. <laughs> So, anywho, so we got a trailer for Fahrenheit 451. Uh, Raymond, what what did you think of, of this kind of modernization of Fahrenheit 451? I thought it was interesting. You know, it's funny. I, I'm going to say a weird sentence. I love the movie Equilibrium. Why is that a weird sentence? Because I don't know how many people have seen Equilibrium, but Equilibrium is fantastic. Um, Early Don't Sleep, if you haven't seen it, watch Equilibrium. It's a Matrix knockoff, but it's real, real good. I love Equilibrium, right? Uh, it's got uh, it's got Christian Bale, and it's got... Uh, and isn't that Sean Bean? I haven't seen it. In a, yep. Wow, that's Sean Bean, though, right? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> watch Equilibrium. Anyway. But, like, that was one of the cool things about Equilibrium is that it took this dystopian future and took that almost, like, took almost, like, that, that like, Chronicles of Riddick, like, look about it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. sci-fi dystopian. And that's exactly what they, the look that they have here. Like, I saw it and I go, oh, this is that look, which is kind of what I associate with this kind of movie. So I like that. Just like with Netflix, I'm not super pumped about HBO getting into really getting into like the movie game like because i'm old-fashioned and i like to go to the movies it's why i it's why i have a movie pass like i love going to the movies and i don't live in new york or la so i can't like these movies show there just so they can get into the oscar race but what well, i doubt this is eh, maybe it will but they show there so they just get in the oscar race i'm not there so i can't see them so i'm not particularly excited about that but i mean you couldn't have constructed a better cast you couldn't have picked a more relevant story for the period of time that we are currently living in. So I think that, yeah, I think it's a very interesting idea. And I hope, you know, hopefully, obviously, to see more of it. It's an interesting uh, interesting casting choices. I mean, you give me Michael B. Jordan and you give me Michael Shannon. I'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you 10 bucks. Like, I'll, I'll go to watch those two guys on screen. Uh, but it's, you know, knowing Fahrenheit 451 and knowing uh, that story and where it heads, like, I'm all in, and I was all in before I saw the casting, before I saw the trailers. Uh, but the the commentary on what uh, what is going on currently, because I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. The internet wasn't a thing when Ray Bradbury wrote this book. So <laughs> the fact that they're rolling that in is an interpretation. But really, it's the idea of controlling people's thoughts, controlling people's yeah. uh, access to information. And you know what? Thinking that some people may not be able to deal with information in the correct way, which 
we'll leave that there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Fahrenheit 451. It's going to give Michael, uh, Michael B. Jordan a lot of heavy lifting to do which I'm excited to see. Um, you know, you've got Sophia Botella, who's done uh, not a ton of American stuff. You've probably seen her uh, in Kingsman as the uh, Bladefoot. Money. The Mummy. The Mummy, yeah. I Bladefoot is not her name in Kingsman, but that's what I'm going with because that's how you know her is Bladefoot. I just had a thought about this. Why haven't we ever had a Brave New World movie? I don't know. That's a great question. How is that possible? I don't know. Wasn't there one in like the eighties? So there, there have been two. I just looked it up because I just like it just popped into my head how this has never happened because that's my favorite of this yeah, kind of Brave New World's phenomenal of of this kind of brand of book that a story. This is that's easily my favorite. And yeah. there was one in nineteen eighty, and there was one in nineteen ninety eight that were like TV adaptions. So no, that's not what we're talking Weird. about. Um, no. Yeah, and then then nothing. Get on that Hollywood. What's wrong with you? Apparently, just again, Internet Deep Dive while Ray was talking, Ridley Scott and Leo were supposed to do one in 2009. I'd have watched that for sure. I'd have watched the crap out of that. That would have been phenomenal. But before we do too deep of a dive on movies we wish would have actually happened, uh, the original uh, script for Ghostbusters 3, uh, let's jump into (laughs) everybody's favorite part of the show, your favorite segment, my favorite segment, your grandmother's favorite segment, Don't Sleep on It, Ray. What can the good folks not sleep on this week? So I kind of got behind because of the Olympics, because I love the Olympics. I was up until four in the morning watching the curling win. Like, I'm not proud of that. I'm just telling you that that's what happened. So I absolutely love, love the Olympics. But now that the Olympics were over, I was able to burn through Altered Carbon from Netflix pretty quick. And I did not read the book, so I can't really speak to that. But I can tell you that the show was kind of disappointing and that it really did not dive into what makes this whole idea, this whole world interesting. It was, it was pretty well acted, surprisingly, for some of the people involved. Uh, Pierre Foy, you know, we put him off to the side. He's obviously great. <laughs> but, you know, some of the other people involved, it was, it was well acted. Take that for what you want. It was beautiful. It had a kind of that noir feel that was interesting. Noir feel, sorry. That was interesting. Uh, it had great fight scenes. It had really good action throughout the throughout the entire thing. But the the problem was is that there's this really interesting idea in this world, which is essentially what does it mean to be you? What makes you? Who are you? What does it mean to be you? The Descartes idea. Who are you? Right. That that idea is yeah. in there. It's such an interesting idea, and they basically just overlooked it in favor of a much much less interesting look at the effect of entrenched power and things like that and it just it just it was fine like i enjoyed the series it it had good action it looks like there's going to be a second one so maybe they're going to be able to dive into it then but i uh i really expected more from it and so i left it a bit disappointed but like i said it was enjoyable i i don't i don't think it was bad by any stretch of the imagination it's just there was more there and they really just didn't get into it in my mind. Yeah. The things that really interested me about it are the, the conversations about what is personhood and, and what makes you a person. And those are also really important conversations to be having nowadays. Again, we'll just leave that there. Uh, so my don't sleep on it is, uh, is a game that isn't out yet, but I was lucky enough to get invited to the uh, weekend stress test hipster, for sea of thieves hipster all over this. You guys can't play this game yet, but let me tell you about it. 
<laughs> it's coming out really, really soon. Uh, now, so I got invited to the stress test. Anybody that's a Microsoft insider, which isn't a hard thing to do, basically <laughs> you just put in an application for it. Uh, but so I got invited to Sea of Thieves, and I, if you've listened to this podcast before or seen us on the other things, Twitter and whatnot, you know I'm not great at video games. Like I'm good for a normal person, but if I play amongst the gamers, I am terrible. And generally that uh, has an impact on my enjoyment of the game. Uh, but Sea of Thieves, like most games, I am not very good at. But I had a stinking blast playing this game. Like, I just kind of dropped in uh, by myself. And they say that's not the best way to play it. You should get a group of people and get your own ship and blah, blah, blah. But I just dropped in. And I dropped in the middle of three guys that were setting up to attack another ship. And so I, I'm just looking around the ship. And it's a beautiful world. The water's beautiful. The ships are beautiful. It's uh, done by Rare. So it kind of looks like Banjo-Kazooie. It's got that kind of art style. Uh, but then I hear somebody on my headset because it recommends you put on a headset. All right, get, uh, get ready for approach. And uh, ready cannons. Oh, 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 crap. They're going to ram us. They're going to ram us. They're going to ram us. <laughs> and then I got, I got like blown off the ship. <laughs> and I was swimming around and it was just so much fun. Like it was just absolutely insanely fun. So even though I'm not going to be good at it, it'll probably be a game that I'll find a way to spend some time and money on uh, just because it's, it's dumb fun. I mean, we've all really, this is what open world kind of MMOs are made for. Just drop me in as a pirate. I, I, nobody can pay to win on this thing. Most all the pay to win things or the pay, the pay things are cosmetics. You can buy clothes and things for your pirate, but it's just dumb fun. It is so much fun. Um, if you have, um, if you have Microsoft Game Pass, you'll get this for free. So it's a Microsoft exclusive. So it'll go day and date when it comes out. You can download it. So if you uh, would like to pre-order it, we're going to drop a link in the show notes so you can pre-order it there, uh, just to give you easy access to it. Yeah, that's why I've been playing Fortnite. It's just dumb, arcadey nonsense fun that's not pay to win. Like it's just that. Like it's it really seems like that's. That's where we're headed, right? Hopefully that's the direction we go. Which I don't know how I feel about that because I do like like a like Fallout. I've I've been playing back through Fallout 4 again. Like I like those kind of games. I think they're probably gonna have to stick around. But it seems like if you can make if you can make money making these cheaper games to make, then why would you go and make these big kind of these big titles? like Mass Effect and Fallout. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm a little worried about where we're going, but right now it's just they're fun to play. Yeah. I mean CG product CD product red is still around and Rockstar is still around and Bioware is still around technically. So Oh, I'm aware Rockstar's still around because you know it comes out very soon. <laughs> red Dead Redemption. I gotta play through it again. Oh that just reminded me. Gotta play through it the Red Dead again. Woo. Once that comes out, you'll hear all of my rants about how it should be Red Dead Revolver 3, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening in again this week. Ray, where can the good folks find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter, at RM Summerlin. Uh, right now, he's not tweeting about too much football. It's mostly just nonsense because that's what we do in the off season. <laughs> that's exactly Love it. You, right. You can find me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodridge. You can follow the show on Twitter at Two Woke Nerds. Shoot us an email, Two Woke Nerds Pod at gmail.com. And again, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps a ton of visibility. Share this with your friends. Anybody you know likes nerd news. Thank you so much for listening in again this week. And until next time, stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke.